I told the court that I'm wrong to imprison. Mr. Simpson, you, you are know. not going to the jury. There's too much being hid from you. You have to be taken out of the court. There's too much. He was one small man in a giant wheel caught. Well, I do wish to say that it's official that I'm wrongfully imprisoned right now. Uncover, Season 7, Dead Wrong. I asked him if he killed Pipple. He said yes, and I'd be next. Available on CBC Listen and wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Michael Sars always worries when he goes out to eat. I'm anaphylactic to dairy, eggs, peanuts, and tree nuts. If I were to eat any of these allergens, I would have a, uh, a life-threatening allergic reaction. To be safe, I have to be extremely vigilant. I have to read ingredient lists like my life depends on it, because it does. Every time that I eat food, I have to ask myself, is this safe? And if it isn't safe, I am risking a potentially fatal outcome. Managing the stress around having a, a reaction, it, it's like a shadow hanging over you. Michael's 24, and he can't remember a time when his allergies did not impact all parts of his life. If we found a cure for my allergies, it would be life-changing. I think about allergies every single day, and if there was a cure for food allergies, my quality of life would increase tenfold. Well, now Canadian researchers say that they have made a big breakthrough in the quest to cure allergies. Scientists at McMaster University have discovered a cell that they call the smoking gun could be a step toward a future without allergies. Josh Koenig is an assistant professor with McMaster University's Department of Medicine. He is the co-lead on this study. Josh, hello. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. I want to get to the significance of this in just a moment, but explain in a way that we can understand what exactly you and your team discovered. Yeah, totally. Let me know if I'm uh, not clear. I'm happy to take a different angle. But basically, you know, for the last, I would say, almost 15 years, we at the Schroeder Institute at McMaster have been thinking about how people stay allergic to a food. Just as you heard uh, before in that uh, testimonial, people are generally avoiding the food that they are allergic to. So the body has to have a way to remember that we are allergic. And the way that people are allergic is they make these antibodies. We call them IgE antibodies against the food. And that those IgE antibodies are like a trigger. They uh, cause these immediate reactions like that could be anaphylactic, could be lethal. And what we found is a type of cell that seems to hold the memory of these antibody responses. It kind of lays dormant until... Uh, you know, you're expo uh, exposed to the food again, and then bang, these cells start making a bunch more of these IgE antibodies that keep us allergic. And so in discovering this cell, how does that help us understand, I guess, how allergies work, but also how we might approach them? Well, I, you know, I think that this is really the big outcome of what we've managed to do here is we, we kind of now have something that we can point to to say, you know, this here really is what is driving these IgE antibodies to be made. This is the cell that's doing that. And so it becomes the major target in this disease. We uh, need to develop therapeutics to go after this cell. And, and you really see there being one of two ways that this could happen. We could either try to get rid of the cell, try to kill it off, or we could try to convince it to be less allergic, try to reprogram it to be maybe healthier. Does this control, I mean, we, we're focusing on food for the obvious reasons, anaphylactic reaction or what have you, but does it control environmental allergies as well, things like dust and pollen and what have you? 
Yeah, so we looked in three different contexts to find this cell. Uh, you know, our colleagues at the company ALK Ablo, who are the co-leads on this project, they look they have a, a you know a big interest in birch allergy, seasonal allergies, because there's a huge impact of seasonal allergies across the globe. Um, and then we also looked at uh, house dust allergy, which is common in asthma. So we know that at least in these three different contexts, which span food asthma and seasonal allergies, that the cell is present and has this function. So this has been referred to as a smoking gun. Is that is that an accurate phrase to use here? Well, well, you know, one hopes so. Um, I think that, uh, you know, basically what we found is the cell that's responsible for this. And, and we think that this is what's keeping people allergic. So as far as any research uh, that I know of to date, I think that this is the closest thing to that. I mean, you heard Michael talk about how he lives his life in this kind of fear of these reactions. And that if there was a way to figure out how to temper those reactions or eliminate them, that that would be life-changing for him. When you find this, whether you want to call it a smoking gun or not, but when you find what seems to be a pretty important discovery, what was your reaction? Um, you know, we as researchers in, in this field know very well the patient response and, and the way that people interact with this. There have been studies looking at the quality of life of people with food allergy, and it's almost actually it's been reported to be worse than like type 1 diabetes. And it kind of makes sense when you think about that. You know, someone with type 1 diabetes has a way to control that. But the food scenario, you never know. If you go out to eat, if you go out to a birthday party, you never know what's going to happen to your kid, for example. So there's a huge impact on people and people around them. So for us, when we found this, uh, you know, one, there's there's kind of a degree of disbelief. You kind of, you know, as a scientist, you kind of go, OK, well, what else could be happening here? You know, what else could explain this data? And as we, you know, increasingly cross these things off the list, we kind of had to settle on, well, you know, we're probably this is what we found. We found this cell that other people haven't described and, and it's doing this function. I mean, it was huge. Uh, you know, there's still a certain degree of disbelief that we, we were able to find this, but uh, we're, we're feeling very confident in it now. You're kind of downplaying it, but I mean, I'd read, you had a kind of like an intake and breath when you sort of realized that this was it, when you cross everything else off the line. Yeah, I mean, I, I do very fondly remember talking to our colleagues and, and you know, over the last few <laughs> last few years, you know, every month having meetings and kind of saying, hey, you know, Peter, I, I, I think I believe this story now. And then you increasingly go, you know, the next month you go, you know what, I'm starting to maybe believe that this is what's going on. <laughs> and you do that time and time again, right? But the thing that was really, that drew me back and that really kind of took my breath away was how clearly this signal came across mm. to us. I mean, you know, it was something that was there. It's in the data. You can even go and look at other people's data. And it's something that's ignored primarily because, you know, it's it's allergy. It's something that doesn't get as much attention as it should. And, and we were the ones who came in, identified this thing very clearly, and then found out what it's doing. So if you know what the cell is, and you know that it's the one cell that, that does trigger this reaction. And you talked about maybe, do you kill the cell off? Do you, do you modify it? What does that mean for treating allergies? Yeah. So, I mean, we know that it is the major cell that's responsible, but it's possible that there are other cells that are helping this cell. And I think that there's one big piece that I'd like to kind of get across is we need to know more. Because the more we know about how the cell works, how it interacts, it gives us more places that we can try and intervene. 
based on what this cell looks like and what this cell is making, I know our colleagues in pharmacy and uh, pharmaceutical companies are putting new therapies into clinical trials. And they are, uh, you know, they have a, a drug that they know targets a certain pathway or targets a certain molecule. They're using those and putting them into trials to see if they work. And I think that if they if those work to, you know, have a durable effect that gets rid of these cells or reprograms these cells, then there could be a therapy on the horizon in, you know, a five to 10 year time frame. Mm. But if we have to develop new therapies, if the therapies that we have don't work, then it will be longer. Does that, just finally, does that potentially offer hope, not just for therapies, but to, to cure allergies? Well, you know, this is always the dream. We have some ways like uh, immunotherapies, for example, for these seasonal allergens that will increase people's tolerance, but it's not a cure. If they stop, then the allergies come back. And for us, uh, you know, the real vision is to try and get something that will be durable, that will be a cure, that will go for the longer term. And that means we have to target the biology that underlies the disease and change it. And that's very difficult for a system that's extremely stubborn, a system that's known to protect people from immunization for or when they are immunized for, you know, a whole lifespan, for example. It's a stubborn system that we need to fight. This is really interesting um, and does offer uh, a lot of promise and a lot of hope, I think, for a lot of people. Josh, thank you very much. Thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Josh Koenig is an assistant professor with McMaster University's Department of Medicine. Listening in to our conversation is Kare Nadeau, who is a practicing allergy specialist and chair of the Department of Environmental Health at Harvard School's Public Health. She is the author of the book, The End of the Food Allergy, the science-based plan that turns food into medicine. Kare, hello to you. Hi, how are you? I'm well. How significant is, is from your perspective, is uh, Josh's research? I think it's great to hear Josh. I think it's very significant. He he was um, being very humble, but I think that this is one of the major discoveries in allergy to be made, uh, and I'm very excited about it. What is the promise that it offers, do you think? I think it is the answer to a lot of our questions about why people maintain allergy, like Josh was mentioning. But it also offers a new way to give therapy to patients. And we've never gone into cell-based therapies. And this is going to be very interesting to look at how we can attach any kind of therapy to this cell and see if we can take it away from the human body, which would be excellent. What sort of other therapies are in place right now for people who have those life-threatening allergies? There are a lot of therapies right now. There are therapies that you can buy in the pharmacy stores over the counter, but there are also therapies that you can use as prescriptions that doctors now have called biologics. And those are exciting too. They've just come up in the past 10 years, but none of them hit this new cell that Josh and his lab discovered. So it's really exciting to know that there's another opportunity to try to cure allergies. Tell me a little bit about the oral immunotherapy um, research that you've done for food allergies. Yeah, for a long time, for over 100 years, as uh, Josh was mentioning, we really need to understand the biology of allergy to be able to try to give therapy to it. And so with that, there have been people that have shown that if you take the exact 
thing that you're allergic to, like a food, like peanut, like a cashew or egg or milk. And if you take that in small amounts and you increase it very carefully over time, that you will change the immune system of that person's body so that it can become non-allergic. That takes time and it's not easy. And so if you could complement that with understanding the cell that Josh and his lab just found, it would be amazing to be able to have in your pocket to be able to give therapy against. So oral immunotherapy is important. Immunotherapy is a way to try to treat allergies. And then in addition, this new cell and knowing what it does, if we can work with therapy against that cell, that would be terrific. This is important in part because there has been an increase, it seems like, in, in allergies around the world. What sort of, from your perspective, what are we seeing there? Yeah, uh, the data is actually um, very rigorous. My colleague, Ruchi Gupta, in Chicago has shown that one in 12.5 children in the U.S., for example, under the age of 18, have a doctor's diagnosis of food allergy. This seems to be increasing around the world. In Canada, it is somewhat similar. And what we're finding is that because of different environmental exposures, there's an increase around the world. And we're trying to figure out why that is so that we can try to prevent food allergies, but it is a very disabling disease. And as your testimonial was mentioning, mm. people live in fear and that's something that doesn't help quality of life. So I think for many of us as doctors, as researchers, we really want to get ahead of this disease, understand why it's happening, and then try to give therapy. Can you, can you just explain a little bit more about why that's happening? I mean, I think a lot of us uh, of a certain generation will think back to when we were in school and we don't remember the, the number of food allergies, if at all, uh, th th that you see presented now. What's changed? That's right. That's right. It is increasing. We're thinking that environmental exposures like detergents in the skin, eczema, um, through the skin, allergies can begin, we think, and through the diet, allergies can stay quiet. But we think that this new discovery that Josh and McMaster made and many other universities in Canada are working towards this will be a great way um, to provide therapy. But a lot has changed over the past 20 years. We're still trying to understand why there's such an increase in food allergy around the world. Just before I let you go, I mean, the, the, the title of your book is The End of the Food Allergy. Is that something that's on the horizon, do you think? I think with the discoveries like McMaster made recently, yes, it is in sight, and I'm excited about that. And I know a lot of patients will be too, so thank you. Kari, we'll leave it there. Glad to talk to you. Thank you very much. All right. Have a good day. And you. Kari, Kari Nadeau is an allergy specialist and the chair of the Department of Environmental Health at Harvard's School of Public Health. She's also the author of the book, The End of the Food Allergy, the science-based plan to turn food into medicine. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.